It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Uh, I'm Paul DeTito. He is Super Bowl champion tight end Howard Cross. So glad you could join us. We'll be here for the next hour. And we will talk New York Giants football at 201-939-4513. You can also find us on Twitter at hashtag Giants Chat. And you'll be able to find an archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcasts. Well, Howard, it is Wednesday, which means preparations for Sunday's game against the Dallas Cowboys have begun. The Giants had a walkthrough today. Coach Joe Judge said that uh, both Slayton and Shepard uh, he's optimistic that they might be able to return from their hamstring injuries this weekend, but that remains to be seen. He did say that he did expect uh, Jabril Peppers to be available for practice tomorrow. Mm. Uh, and really, at this at this point, um, C.J. Board was the other guy he mentioned who said he was going to be able to go through today's walkthrough. But the bottom line is uh, this is a very, very difficult game coming up down in Dallas. Yeah, it's a difficult game coming up in Dallas. I mean, I think that whatever preparation that they're that they're going through is is very important to say the least. I think that they're going to have to like, you know, be on their best behavior, so to speak, when it comes down to playing this game. It's going to be a physical game. Uh, you got to get got to get to Dak. Dak is playing at the MVP level already. Um, Zeke all of a sudden woke up. Now he wants to run the ball very well, and their defense is much improved. Uh, watching them in a few games so far this season. Uh, which was supposed to be the big question about them, much improved. They're playing some really good defense right now. Well, speed is the number one asset that mm-hmm. they have now brought to the table on that side of the ball. And that over over uh, glosses over, I should say, a lot of maybe other deficiencies that they may have talent-wise. Because if you're fast, you could do a lot of things. Well, you know, the the the, the, for, the former head coach or defense coordinator out, Quinn. Of, out of Seattle is now made his way to Dallas, and he's requested speed. He got it. So it, it looks like <laughs> he it looks like he, he looks like he's reproducing the Legion of Boom almost out there. Well, one of the things that does help any defense is when your offense scores a lot of points. And mm-hmm. Dallas has put up a minimum of 29 points in three of their first four games this season, and they have uh, whittled their way to a three-game winning streak and a three-and-one record. Yeah, they they're doing good. I mean. There's nothing to be said. They're 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 having their best they're having their best season so far. Uh, they're the best in the East right now. So, like I said, you got any P's and Q's. It's gonna be a good game. Final thought about them before we get to our phone calls again at two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Dial us up and talk Giants football. Uh, Dak Prescott last year had had his uh, ankle broken in mm-hmm. a play against the Giants uh, at that particular Texas uh, at uh, well AT and T Stadium. Mm-hmm. I still call it Texas Stadium because it's the old building. <laughs> now I know it's a new building, but still to me it'll always be Texas Stadium. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, well, I'm not big on these corporate names. I, I you know, but 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 anyway, Howard. Uh, they pay the bills. Yeah, they do. AT and T Stadium. Okay, folks, uh, we'll, we'll get it right for you. Hey, bottom line though is that Prescott who was much more of a running quarterback. These days, Joe Judge said to us, he's doing more to just buy time because he's got his eyes downfield and he's more looking to throw it than he is looking to run it. 
and that has really added another dimension to their offense. I think he ran more because there were you know fewer opportunities downfield. Now they have a C.D. Lamb back there. They got Amari Cooper back there. Uh, the backside of the backfield, tight ends are playing pretty well as well. Uh, so now he's looking down the field because he's got all these people to throw the ball to, and they know to get open and, and the play's not dead. So he doesn't have to run. If he runs out, runs out of the pocket and gives him a little more time, you can't cover these guys forever, so you have to get to him. Third down efficiency, they're at 50% on the season so far, Howard. Now, I know it's only four games, mm-hmm. but 50% is 50%. That's tied for third best in the league. You've got to be able to get them off the field. Yeah, but, you know, a lot of that has to do also with you've got to get them behind the chains early. They're having it 50% because, you know. The they're first, running over five yards a clip. Yeah, because the first play is like five yards. So you're at second and five, uh, or then you're at third and two. So, like, it's easy to be 50% at third and two or third and three every time. you got to keep them back there. It's got to be like some thirds and eights and nines, some thirds and tens. If you get them in that situation or if you can stop them and hold them to that spot, then that 50% is going to drop. Well, that's exactly what the Giants need to do a better job of now because even we saw last week against the Saints, they gave up a lot of chunk plays on the ground. Now, Blake Martinez is not coming back. We know that. Uh, Unfortunately, (laughs) torn ACL, this season is by the wayside for him. What do you think the Giants can do to shore up that rush defense knowing that their their guy in the middle, their signal caller and their leader is, is unavailable? Well, the first thing they can do, uh, and I'm sure that, that, that they're going over this now, is like forget about stripping the ball. Everybody get to the guy and get him to the ground. And I saw a lot of plays that, you know, that they, there were big hits, and then there was trying – this strip came trying to yank the ball out. Mm-hmm. Get him to the ground. And if you're there by yourself specifically, get him to the ground. And I saw a lot of that, you know, that's more from the line, the second second-level guys. The the other guys like the the, the D linemen they just got to like make sure they build a wall and stay in your lane. That that can help a lot. You can't get blown out. Of, you can't get blown out of your spot. You can't be uh, trying to do something extra. Stay in your lane. Do your job, and you'll 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 make more plays. That's that's how you stop the running game. Is you fill all you you make the picket fence and you fill all the gaps. I believe I counted over a dozen missed tackles in the game down in New Orleans. Uh, Howard, we knew going in because of the way training camp is. In fact, Patrick Graham himself said his biggest concern at the beginning of the season was the rush defense Mm -hmm. because he said the guys aren't hitting enough, they're not tackling enough, they haven't gelled enough, and it turns out his fears were kind of realized in the first month of the season. The Giants' defense has not stopped the run nearly as well as they did last year. Well, they're physical and they're not physical. You've got to be prepared for physical backs. There are some really big-time uh, backs. You know, we saw one last week who played really, really well. Uh, he, he ran – I never thought of tomorrow as a power runner. He ran power in the game in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You're going to face the same thing here. You're going to face a, a Zeke Elliott who's back into the – I'm going to lower my shoulders and I'm going to try to, you know, get some yards up the field. I'm going to get those dirty yards. you got to be ready for that. That's a physical thing. And if you're not practiced it and you're not used to it, it's hard to, like, go in and, and lay on somebody really hard to try to get them out of there. Well, it seems to me after the success that that the teams have had against the Giants' rush defense, especially after the New Orleans game last week, if I'm Dallas, knowing that that has been their bread and butter, Mm -hmm. they're going to play to that early in the game. Well, it depends. You know, you got two things uh, that you're looking at. You're looking at getting Zeke the ball and trying to run it every time, and you're looking at a hot, hot quarterback. If you got this quarterback that's so hot, it's 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 kind of hard to take the ball out of his hands. Well, he's completing at this point 75% of his passes, which is by far a career high. Interesting part about this, though, Howard, 
There have been 70 pass plays this year, completed pass plays in the National Football League, of more than 35 yards. Mm -hmm. The Cowboys only have one. If you can believe that, it happens to be true. It doesn't make sense. C.D. Lamb has a 44-yard pass play. Mm -hmm. It is the only Cowboys pass play over 35 yards this year. So as explosive as they are, mm -hmm. I was just talking to James Bradbury. He said, yeah, they're great with yak yardage. They're great in open space, but they've been doing it with the short to medium range passing game. Not so much going deep, which is rather surprising considering their overall effectiveness. Well, it doesn't really matter if you, if you catch it 40 yards down the field. If you catch it 8 yards and go 40 yards, it's, it's still 40 yards, right? So I, I think the long pass play is something that we look at because we say it's so dangerous to eat up all these yards. But if you're throwing, if you're getting them in position, these crossing patterns and everything else to where they can actually get 40 yards on the, on the after they catch the ball, that is... Well, again, though, they only have one one pass play of uh -huh. longer than 35 this year. Okay. That's it. Well, they're, they're, they're doing a good job of whatever they're doing. Then. <laughs> this <Okay>. is true. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really care about how, you, how they're getting it done. I see a lot of points on the board. <laughs> you don't need 40-yard passes to move the chains. No, you don't. <laughs> or to put it in the end zone. The other thing that uh, Coach Joe Judge talked about earlier this morning, again, our number is 201-939-4513. Uh, the other thing that Joe Judge mentioned is that they've been very opportunistic defensively. They're doing great with turnovers. In, in fact, it's it's Diggs yeah, who, who seems to really have an instinct for the ball. Remember, he used to play wide receiver in college originally before he transferred yeah. to defensive back. Yeah, he, uh, Saban made him into a DB, uh, and he does a good job with it. He has great ball skills. Uh, if the ball gets anywhere near him, he can go get it. Uh, he knows how to you know, high point the ball, which is really weird uh, to, to say that that's what you're talking about with a DB. So if the ball gets thrown up, and you're both running, he will high point the ball to go get it. Uh, so you have to make sure you're, you're in your best behavior on the outside. That's going to be an interesting uh, you know, duo. You, and you can't throw loose passes around him, meaning you need to put the ball in the right spot. If you don't put it, if it's just behind the receiver, he'll catch it. He's got five interceptions already yeah. this season, which is more receptions than some wide receivers <laughs> have in the league. Well, that's true. But <laughs> he, he's also going to be the guy that people are going to stop throwing at. That's going to start happening really soon. Yeah. 201-939-4513 is our phone number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Taylor, can we go to our first phone call? Uh, that's a little small for me to read, but we'll just go to line number number one and see who's first on the show. Hello. <laughs> oh, yes. Howdy, fellas. Hi. Hi. Very good. How are you doing? Uh, good. All positive today. Um, uh you know, I was really impressed with the uh, coaching uh, at the last game, a tremendous game. Um, I know we really had to cut down on penalties, and uh, we really did it. And, of course, it's the players that do it, but I think you have to give the coaches some of the credit, too. I'm sure they, like, you know, had practices and stuff. And, um, and I liked uh, judges' game-time decisions. Uh, I thought they were perfect. And I think that was in stark contrast to a couple decisions that Peyton of New Orleans made. Um, there was one thing in the first quarter where he could have tried a 48-yard field goal, and instead he went for it on fourth and three. And right then I'm like, oh, yeah, what a gift. You know, I had a feeling the Giants would win the game when he did that. And then, of course, he tried a 58-yard field goal, and the very next play the Giants scored a touchdown. And I was just wondering, did, do you think that those were, like, bad coaching moves on his part? No, I don't think they were necessarily bad coaching moves. If you, if you were looking at the game, uh, the Giants were having a hard time stopping him, especially in the run game. So – Fourth and three was virtually a first down for him. He just thought that, hey, look, and if they don't get it, 
he didn't have any confidence in, in the Giants' offense to, to, to move the ball. So he was like, okay, our defense can shut him down. I'm trusting my defense no matter what. And then later in the game, he needed to kick the field goal. Like at that point, you're, he's, he's, you know, he's out of luck and he's out of time. But the first decisions were, were made based upon how the game was going itself. Uh, the defense was playing really well. They were all over our guys uh, offensively, and they were doing a good job. And they were, and they were meaning the Saints, were really moving the ball well. Okay, well, and then a similar thing, uh, Bill Belichick, you know, supposedly a good coach too, but um, one minute left in that game Sunday night, and he tried a 56-yard field goal instead of going for it on fourth and two or three, and even if he had made it, that still would have given Beatty a whole minute to come back and score a field goal. Um, I don't know, I I thought that was kind of the same thing. (laughs) <laughs> but um, do you think that could have just gone either way, fifty-fifty on that? Or? I mean, you know, I don't know. Bill Belichick's got what six Super Bowls or something like that. So I'm not well, really going to. Qu- I'm not really going <laughs> to question anything he does. So whatever decision he made was the right decision. It's kind of like questioning Saban or something. I, I don't question guys that win right. a lot. <laughs> Thank, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is our phone number. Howard, I want to go back to the fourth down stop. Okay. With about nine and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. From that point forward, the Giants defense really locked down on New Orleans. That was a Taysom Hill quarterback run behind right tackle. And it was Carter and Ojolari mm-hmm. who combined to make a very critical hit. Because up until that point, the Saints had run the ball extremely well. Hill had run the ball a couple of times well. In fact, he had two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But on that play, Ojolari and Carter were all over it. And, hey, big ups for Ojolari because he's shown a lot of flashes already this year. Yeah, he's done a good job. I, I think that in that point in the game, when, when Hill goes in, he's at quarterback, everybody's looking for him to run the ball. They don't think that they're going to put the ball in his hand to throw it at fourth and three. They think he's going to try to run. Well, when he threw it, Bradbury picked him off. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they were, like, looking at it from the, from the aspect, okay, we can get three yards. All we need is, you know, you know more options. I, I think they may have had an RPO, but he in his mind the RPO is just a run part, and he's going to run it. So it that's it, it worked out in our favor. I'm glad they did it so that we can get the ball back. But it happens. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is our phone number. Taylor, let's go back to line number two, and you're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hello. Can you uh, hear me? Yes, yes we can. Absolutely. That's Big Paulie and that's Mr. Howard Cross. This is Big Ed from Maryland. How you doing? <laughs> it's today? been a long time, Big Ed. <laughs> hey, Ed we hope you that. were well. All right, man. Hey, look, we finally got the first win. Yay! <laughs> yeah, we did. Oh man. Now this is the biggest week. Rivalry week. <laughs> Dallas week. Mm-hmm. Oh man. It's like if we just go and repeat what we just did in New Orleans and take it to AT and T, I feel like we could be on to something. It, it, I just don't want us to get our hopes up too fast, you know. Just one game at a time, yeah. win and keep winning. Well, you know, the, yes. if it was that easy, man, they'd be uh, undefeated right now, right? <laughs> so you got to, you got, you got, you got, you know, our personal dreams. Look, you know, our personal dreams will be that, of course. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Big Ed, you know, Coach Joe Judge is one who just loves to talk about improving every week and getting better week by week by week by week. And truthfully, he's 100% right because I think the Giants will need to play better than they did against New Orleans mm-hmm. if they expect to beat Dallas. Dallas's offense is really clicking on all cylinders right now. And, again, their speed on defense is really allowing them to do a lot of things. 
I also, yes, and I also think that what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to start earlier. You know, they they seem to yeah. pour it on at the end of the game. Uh, they're going to need sixty minutes of that instead of like the last you know the last quarter and a half of it. Yeah, it's that game. You know, it's just the same thing. It's that week by week. Yep. You have to get better. You know, it's like you did good enough to beat them, but this is a different team. They're really playing some real scrappy ball, and we got to be on point with them. Well, so, they've got better receivers than the Saints, and their quarterback is a heck of a lot more productive. I mean, that's just a fact. And then, right, and then the fact that their defense is a lot better, too. They're playing better, coaching better, too. So it's got to be on our P's and Q's, but I will say the line. The line is the game. The line controls the game. So we got to have that line. We got that line, man. We can do something and run and go long because then it, on the offensive side, Barkley's able to run longer late. Like that was the thing I heard about with Fournette. He runs more runs late mm-hmm. than he does early because the defense is more worn down. Oh, man. So concept to follow. <laughs> I hope man, so. it's just good to hear from y'all, man. Well, please yeah. don't be a stranger, Big Ed. We always love hearing from you. No, I've been trying to get through, man, for the last couple of weeks, but it just couldn't get through. Well, this is a good week just to like get through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay well, yeah. my friend. You right. too, man. Tell everybody else I say hello. All right, you got it. 201-939-4513. Big Ed just joined us on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Howard, you know, the truth of the matter is, uh, Daniel Jones, who, by the way, was just named NFC Offensive Player of the Week today. Okay. He threw for over 400 yards in New Orleans. First time in his three-year career that he had done so. Mm-hmm. Um, he and Joe Judge both talked about how that's really the offense's award. It's not just Daniel Jones's award. Mm-hmm. Because not only did Daniel play well, but his receivers did what they had to do to make the plays on the other end of those passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the running backs, when necessary, made some pretty big runs. Barkley had a really sweet run for a touchdown, as mm-hmm. we know. Um, the winning touchdown, in fact, was dynamite. And the offensive line which allowed Daniel Jones to throw 40 passes without a sack. He only got hit six times in the game. And, you know, it's pretty hard to criticize the pass protection that he has gotten this year. You know what? I think that when the, when the season started, I think everybody was like down on the offensive line, didn't know what was going to happen. And, you know, everybody was worried about it. But this is like the fourth iteration of offensive lines. Well, they had four in four weeks, <laughs> yeah. specifically because of the left guard changing out every yep. single week. Now it looks like, it looks like, fingers crossed for them, they'll be able to have the same offensive line for two weeks in a row. <laughs> Credit to Matt Skura, who yep. played left guard and had never played that position in his NFL career. He had been a right guard and a center. Okay. Had never played on the left side. Went in there and did the job. And the Giants had no full starts, by the way, Howard. That's a pretty good trick in the Superdome. Well, that's a pretty good trick. I think the, the Superdome was really loud, so I was impressed with that. And also, when you're playing well, then you start you start to quiet the crowd a little bit. So it worked out two ways. All right, let's go back to the phones. John from Maine is on line one on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello, you're next on the program. Hey, how you doing? Hi. Good, good. Um, I'd like to mention uh, about Daniel Jones now. After this, what I call masterpiece by him and the Giants. <laughs> masterpiece? That, uh, that might be a little overstating it, but uh, it's okay. We'll let you get away with it. Chapel. 
these are little masterpieces. <laughs> <laughs> and considering that, I mean, that ball he threw to, to um, uh, the speedy guy, John Ross, that was like 60 yards in the air right in the breadbasket. That was fantastic. Gorgeous And my throw. question is, I think that Daniel Jones is the most accurate Giants passer since Y.A. Tittle, with the possible exception of uh, Terry, uh, Kerry Collins, who I didn't look at that closely in those days. What do you think? I think he's pretty accurate. I, I think, you know, that's the, the, the nickname Danny Dimes comes from. But Kerry Collins was a big arm. <laughs> he, he, was a, he, had some, he had some arm talent, man. And, and, you know, you can't take anything from Kerry. I think it's early in, in Daniel's uh, career still. I think it's, it's, with time, he's a, dangerous, he's a dangerous quarterback, you know. But that's a lot of quarterbacks in the league. If you give them time, they're dangerous quarterbacks. But he, he does a great deep ball. He's one of the best deep ball throwers. Uh, do we see in the game because it's it's very accurate. He hits guys right on the numbers, uh, right in the hands, which is which is more important than anything else. And it's up to those receivers to catch it. As long as they keep grabbing it, he'll keep throwing it to them. Credit to John Ross too, coming off injured reserve. He had not played a game so far until that New Orleans contest, and you know he comes right off the bench and catches the long touchdown pass. Him and Jones immediately found something going on. He'd only been practicing for about a week, Howard. You know, more credit to John, uh, to Ross in this aspect. He was He's here because as a first-round pick, he had lost his confidence in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Coming in and making a play like that. Being been hurt a lot, too. Yeah, yeah, but coming in and making a play like that, big boost to his confidence. He's excited now, you know, more probably than – than he ever was because that that was just a big moment for him. It's a new lease on life. Yeah. And and I'm really excited to see him be a part of this. Yeah, I'm happy for him too. Like I'm like I said again, when you lose Good your guy. confidence, you lose your confidence and then you all of a sudden something big happens to you, you get it back really fast. Okay. Thank you, fellas. Sure thing. 201-939-4513. We probably should uh, just as long as we're recapping a little bit of what happened last weekend, Howard. I know it's already Wednesday, but Kadarius Tony uh, yeah. Also did some really nice things the other day in the most playing time he's had so far with the Giants. I thought he did a great job. I, I think he was a good job. I thought he did a great job. I thought he you know, got in, they got him the ball with some, some quick passes out in the flats and stuff, and then he made everybody miss. I think he The eighteen yard conversion was great. Yeah, I think he even made the referee miss one. I mean he, <laughs> he, he that's what he did in college and everything. You know, as he learns and gets a, to be a, even a better route runner. He'll be more down. It'll be more down the field stuff you'll see as well. So, anytime you get the, the ball in that kid's hands, it's going to be exciting to see. I, I equate him to a mosquito <laughs> because okay. that that's what he reminds me of when he gets the ball. Yeah. If there's any space at all, he's just flying around and darting and weaving, and it's just I, <laughs> well. Mosquito. You ever okay. try to catch a mosquito? It's uh, not easy. <laughs> I swat them. I don't think I catch them. <laughs> but, okay, yeah, but he 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 does a good job. So he's 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 definitely an entertaining player. All right, let's go back to the phones. Line three is Christian from Virginia. You're next on BBKL. Hello. Hi, how you guys doing? We're uh, well. How are you? There was a lot. Great. Um, There's a lot of talk. I mean, one of the biggest uh, talking points of the game was obviously how clean we kept Daniel Jones. And you got to like that philosophy. I think you, you put less guys in the route. You prioritize letting him throw from a clean pocket. And even if he has less options with two-man routes with, you know, a check down, you take the less options over, you know, you trust your quarterback. If you keep him clean, he can throw into those tight windows. A lot of that success came off of play action with two tight ends yeah. to the opposite side of Andrew Thomas. You know, you're trusting Andrew Thomas on the island. You're giving help on the other side. And it was mostly Rudolph and Ingram. And I'm glad Howard's on the broadcast because I wanted to ask, when you play tight end in the NFL, and I understand the NFL evolves, 
how much specifically are you coached in pass protection? Do you sit in with offensive line coaches, or is that your tight end coach that does that? Like, how much specific technique do you get as pass protectors? And then when you watch the Giants, what do you think of Ingram, Smith, and Rudolph as far as pass protection? Because I think that's never talked about at the tight end position. So I'll take it off the air. Thanks. All right. Thank you. So, so pass protection yep. is just blocking. It, it, you know, for 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 a tight end, a tight end does a does a good job of knowing. Uh oh, we ain't got a buzzer. Hold on one second, we're trying to figure it out. Okay, we got it. We got it. Uh, so, so, so the, the question was like, how how does a tight end uh, get coached in pass protection? And, and it's it's a legitimate question. Uh, over the years, like. We might do a drill here and there with it, but it's not something that you really do. They just figure you're athletic enough to, to get it done. Uh, and it and depends on uh, when you really think about it and where it, where it really shows up is when you're one-on-one with, with their best pass rusher. That happens from time to time. And guys are like, you know, uh, holy smokes, like what am I going to do? I can remember playing against Reggie White and, and, you know, we were having a hard night and everything. I'm like, just turn the protection. I'll block him. And they're like, yeah, right. And they turned the protection. I blocked them. They're like, "Oh, it's possible. It's just a want to set your feet, get ready for it. Uh, you're quick as the guy that's coming. So like that's that's the difference between a tackle and a tight end. The, ta- the tight end's a little quicker. So a guy's not gonna be able to make those quick, fast moves on the edge. He might try to overpower you. That that would be his his big advantage to be able to overpower you. And as far as Ingram goes, he's you know, coach has said this numerous times. He's a willing blocker. He's trying to get in there and trying to mix it up. Uh, he's not, you know, he's a little light in the pants, so he gets what he gets sometimes. <laughs> uh, Rudolph and, and Smith, though, they're bigger guys, and they, you know, they're what we call the inline blocker. They're, they're able to put their hand in there and take guys on directly. So, as far as how much coaching they get on it, I'm sure they've gone over it with the offensive line before, especially when you know that you're going to be, quote unquote, having the extra protection. Now, sometimes Howard, and I know that. Uh, you have every right to snicker at this because I think we all snicker sometimes at tight ends who just get in the way. They may not actually make the block, but they just get in the way and cause some traffic, which can be effective at times. Jay Novacek. There you go. Okay. <laughs> you just mentioned one. And look, there are times when traffic is enough to make the play succeed. That doesn't necessarily make the guy a good blocker, though. <laughs> no, what ha- what happens is you design plays to keep to keep keep your your least blocker, <laughs> the the one who's going to be the most least effective. You design plays to stay away from him. So as you put him in, you put the guy that's least likely to make the tackle on his side, <laughs> if you can, and you and you run to the opposite side and, and you make these. But the problem is the teams start to load up away from that guy. Mm-hmm. So and you have to be able to. Do a cutback play. So if I if I'm running and I got everybody over here, they think I'm going to the left, and, and my weakest blocker is on the right. He's got to be in the way and create some traffic because because that guy's gonna be running down the line. All you gotta do is stay on him a little bit, just so he doesn't get into the backfield. Exactly. There's still some time to get your Giants season tickets and root on your Giants here at MetLife Stadium. Speak with a Giants ticket rep now and become a season ticket holder by calling eight eight eight. NYG1925. You can also take in all your Giants action from a private suite. Giants suites are a great way to entertain the family and friends while rooting on your Giants here at the stadium. Again, you can speak with a Giants ticket rep at 888-NYG1925. And remember, folks, the Delta variant is spreading quickly in all areas of New York State. People who are not fully vaccinated are at greater risk from COVID-19. Protect yourself. Get vaccinated. 
Visit ny.gov slash get vaccinated or talk to your health care provider. We go back to the phones and line one has Pete from Staten Island. You are next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hi, guys. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Pete. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. All right. First off, Howard, I still think you could have scored on the bootleg left. Okay. <laughs> I, I I don't know why you didn't, but you should have. But, funny. you know. <laughs> all right. Um, I want to give kudos to Howard from the uh, the other show the other day where he was talking about five big plays in the game. Right. And I want to give you my list of five and see if you agree, Howard. Um, I have uh, Saquon's uh, touchdown certainly has uh, got to be up there in one through five. I have the uh, Jason Hills, the, the stop on third and two, definitely. Um, I think uh, you meant the, I fourth have, da- the fourth down you meant. The one by um, Ojolari and Carter yeah, we that, just talked about. Yeah, the fourth down. Yeah, the two yards, right. Right. And I, I, also, I also have uh, the – the play to, uh, I think it was Galladay, he had a third and seven and picked up like uh, 19 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, I thought that was big where he broke the tackle and then gained another 10 yards. That was that was a lot of attitude in that. <laughs> Malcolm um, Jenkins knows. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of attitude in that. We've been missing attitude, as, as uh, you guys have mentioned, especially Howard and, and Call as far as Alphas, right? Mm-hmm. That was an attitude play. Yep. Um, and uh, I think uh, I'm going to add in, um, which one was the other? Oh, John Ross. John Ross crawling on his knees to get that ball. That had to be huge. Right, because if it didn't, you know, naturally it went to, into the um, out of the end zone. It's a touchback, right? Yep. So, listen, that was a that was a hustle play, certainly. Can can and, I offer you a tie with that play? Would you mind? Is that is that all five, or did you have another one? No, there's just one more, Go and ahead. that would be as far as attitude. How about Peppers on the halftime? Uh, <laughs> the, the overtime. The overtime. Just for yeah. just for attitude. You know, Chris Collin and, and Howard keep talking about alphas, and I agree with that. I mean, you need guys to get angry and get mad, and he was he was mad on the on the coin toss. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and I think you you know I agree with Howard and Carl and Paul. You you've noted it also that you need these guys guys like that with attitude and and fire and drive and like Carl says, their hair has to be on fire. When they come out, mm-hmm. you know, especially after like uh, Saquon's Saquon's um, touchdown, and also like a couple of weeks ago when Daniel overran the defensive end or whoever it was, the Garrett, I think. Yep. I mean, at that point, uh, I have to believe if I'm on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, I'm jumping out of my pants, and we need that kind of attitude. I would agree with you. And that's all, guys. I just want to take that off the air, see if you agree with my five points. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you so much, Pete. Before you comment, Howard, could I add a tie in terms of the value of the play with Ross's fumble recovery? Kyle Rudolph recovering Saquon Barkley's fumble with about six minutes left in overtime at the Saints' 35-yard line. If Kyle Rudolph does not recover that fumble, the Saints take over, needing only a field goal to win the game. So... That that recovery by Rudolph has gone under the radar. I can't I can't even begin to tell you how critical that re- that recovery was. Yeah, that 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 was huge in the game. And I you know I I think 
the five plays, like the first play happens that no one sees it. All right. This is one of the five plays. Halftime happens. Saquon Barkley gives a speech in, in halftime. No one speak. No one of us, none of us know about it. No one sees it. And the team comes out with a different attitude. That's play number one. The alpha has spoken. Right? He's like, he's fired up. And he showed it in the and, second yeah, half. And, and we're sitting around and we're watching and, and they're gashing us and they're gashing us and they're gashing us with the run. I'm like, man, somebody, I'm like, somebody's got to fight. Somebody's got to get angry. And then they get to stop. The next play is a long pass to Saquon. Touchdown. He goes berserk on the field. They go score to point conversion. He's going berserk on the sideline. Uh, you look over, you see Shepard going crazy. Now, now all of a sudden, the sideline's got a different attitude. And they don't look gloss like, over the two point conversion yeah, by Jones. No, that's, that's a good a, play yeah, too. Yeah. So now, so now you've that now you've set a fire to the whole organization all of a sudden, and that's what and that's what happens. Like somebody has to say enough's enough, and we got to get something done. And he he he, he went in and at halftime, like I said, we don't see it, and then he comes out and he produces it. Now guys are doing the extra to get there. That Ross recovering that fumble in the end zone. Everybody thought it was just a touchdown. He had the presence of mind to go. Mm-hmm. E- even Saints thought it was just a touchdown. Right. He had the presence of mind to scramble for the ball and go get it. If the Saints had recovered the ball, had just went over and just picked it up to hand it to the ref, it would have been the Saints' ball. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just you have no idea. And when somebody does that, all of a sudden, like I said, the fire was lit. Then it got. Then it really ignited when he when he when he makes the play. And then all of a sudden, you got. Rudolph diving to, to make keep a play alive. You got guys doing things all of a sudden that that they weren't doing earlier in the game, and that's good. Howard, we know when you played that there were a number of fire starters. Mm-hmm. We know some of those guys, but give me an unsung hero fire starter, somebody who most people don't expect it to have been that kind of guy. I know. Look, we know Banks Banks could do it. Carson could do it. LT could do it. We knew who some of those guys were. Phil Sims could do it, too. Yeah. Okay? But is there somebody who most people would not have expected in your mind that was a bit of a fire starter? No. The guys that were doing it were the, were the guys that were consistent. They weren't just doing it uh, by, by their words. They were doing it by their play. You could see it over and over again. If a guy got, got angry and, and, and wanted to, you know, enough was enough, he'd say something. You know, and you, and you just didn't you get out of his way, kind of like a pitcher who's pitching a no-hitter. You just get out of his way let him go do what he's going to do. You saw it over and over again. Like, I even got mad a few times. I'm like, okay, if that's the way it's going to be, let's see Let's see what happens from this point on. And guys are like, okay. Well, see, okay. one guy for me who was like that, who people think was very quiet because verbally in public he was, was Joe Morris. He ran so hard. Mm-hmm. He ran with such determination and such vigor mm-hmm. and ferocity that – I consider him a fire starter because there were some running plays that he would run with you guys mm-hmm. that absolutely ignited the team. Yeah. But he was a quiet, verbal kind of guy, but his runs would give you that spark. Well, everybody was you – know, tons of guys like that. Like Rodney Hampton was like that. You know, he was he was a guy that goes get tough guys. Tiki Barber, who talked a lot, but he, he was also <laughs> – he was kind of like that. You, you had a lot of guys that were like – You'd have some linemen that were like uh, big Ron Stone, uh, you even know, Otis Anderson. You know, Ron Stone was a guy that would that you would think of didn't do any interviews. He was just an offensive guard. Mm-hmm. No one ever talked to him. 
But he was like, we'd be joking, and he's like, oh, man. He goes, I see some clerks out here today. I'm like, who a clerk? What is, what's a clerk? He goes, that guy should be bagging groceries. He shouldn't be out here with me. And like he was like, <laughs> and like you, you would see some of that when you played. And and you know, it was like, oh, don't stumble, man. I got you. Don't don't go down. I'm coming. It's like it, it was it was a lot of that when we had some fun and some some guys that wanted to get after it. 201-939-4513 is our phone number. Line one has Tim from Charleston. Or is it Charlestown? Tim, hello, you're next on the show. <laughs> Is it Charlestown? Yeah, Charleston. Holy it is Charleston. Chuck, okay, we got Chuck you. Town, whatever you want to call it. Well, yeah. welcome to the program. Originally, well, I've been on many times. Paul, you forgot me already. But that's wow. okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Paul. Paul and Howard. Um, two things. I'll keep it quick. One is, I, you know, I watch everything. I, I go through the app. I watch everything. I watch all the big blue kickoff lives. Everything live. Everything. Every interview. Everything. And I watch the. The Dexter Lawrence, uh, not, yeah, Dexter Lawrence mic'd up, and uh, I'll tell you, that was uh, it was fun to watch. It was like six, seven minutes long. I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have a chance to watch these things, but it was fun to watch. He's got a lot of energy. He's out there. He's fighting. He's physical. He's violent. But the one thing about it that I really liked is he'd go back to the bench after certain plays, and he'd say to one of the veterans, you know, to Johnson or Shelton, he'd say to them. You know, these guys doing this to me. What what do I gotta do? Mm-hmm. And um and they would and they would tell her and they would say, All right, well you, you turn your shoulder inside and then you push them this way and then you're gonna be able to get by the guard, you know. And it was like great to see that there's actually like teammates coaching teammates on the sideline that this young second year player or third year player, whatever he is now, mm-hmm. has the presence to um uh you know, to ask those questions in the middle of a game. Uh, you know, even though he's playing well and everything, you know, he's looking to improve on every single place. So that was impressive to me. But, Howard, I'm glad you're on today because I had a question specifically for you because it pertains to Kyle Rudolph. And I haven't seen anybody write about it, anybody ask about it. And I'm wondering if it's just my perception. You know, the Giants have been awful in the red zone. And Kyle Rudolph catches that pass down the left side. It wasn't like he was forced out. It wasn't like there was no way he could stay in bounds. It was a DB coming toward him. He was inside the 10-yard line, and he just angled out of bounds. And I felt like, man, this is a big guy against a safety or whatever it was. And I, I was thinking, you know, Howard Cross wouldn't have gone out of bounds on that. <laughs> he would have turned He would have turned in knowing that the Giants in the red zone or it's the dead zone. And sure enough, we ended up with a field goal that he would have turned. You, you know, he should have turned inside at least – Gone for the touchdown, what's the worst thing you could have? You get tackled at the same yard line, you go out of bounds on. And I was wondering if you noticed that and what you thought of it. And is it, is it my perception, or, or do you think there's a legitimate point to be made there? I and think, I'll take your answers off there. All right. So, Thanks, so, Tim. Thank you very much. So, so he's you. talking about the play where, where Kyle catches the ball on the edge. He's about two yards away from the end zone, and he kind of trickles out. You know, he's, he's running backwards and he, he trickles out. Uh, the tackler. Is coming in very low, and Kyle has just come off surgery off his feet or something. So foot, yep. yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, live to fight another day. <laughs> it's if it's me, but you know, the only thing he could have done was die for the end zone. But uh, again, when you know, it, and it, it's natural to protect yourself. It, it's natural to to want to be to be smart. If we, especially if we know it's coming, if you don't know it's coming, you go out there bumbling around and you try to make it. 
But if you can see it coming, it's easier to get, you know, live the fight another day. So if he goes for that play and that guy hits him low on the body and hurts his foot again, then we don't have Kyle for the for foreseeable future. So I think, and again, I, I don't, I can't speak for Kyle. I don't know what he saw. I don't know how he how he saw it or how how he how it was perceived in his mind. But in my mind, I'm like that looked like uh, that looked like him protecting his feet a little bit and just taking the, just stepping out of bounds. It wasn't like he avoided. Uh, you know, whatever. He just looked like, oh, low, let me get out of the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would have done the same thing probably. I think to kind of add a layer to what Howard is saying, uh, there is nobody in this building that's questioning Kyle Rudolph's toughness. Not at all. After he came back from that foot problem, uh, he worked very hard during training camp to be ready for opening day, and he was. Mm-hmm. He made it to the field in week one yep. and, and hasn't missed any time since. No. So, So trust me when I tell you, he is looked at as a pro's pro and as a guy who busts his butt to do what he can for the team. So I don't want you to think I, – I, I think what Howard is saying holds some merit. It makes a lot of sense. And I don't think anybody would question his toughness. No, and we need him on the field. So if, if that's what he was – if that's, you know, stepping out that time to, play, to continue to play, you know, we needed him the other night. So <laughs> – Thank you for stepping out for that play. <laughs> Good point, Alan. <laughs> exactly. We go to line two. Uh, Bruce in Albany, you're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hi, guys. I just want to say I'm, I'm still so amazed that this offensive line, with the new guys on there, no continuity, they, they haven't even been on the team that long. To go in probably the worst place in football, as far as noise and home field advantage, and probably probably the best offensive line game in the last three years, it was amazing. They were tossing these defensive linemen around. I mean, Andrew Thomas was unbelievable. And I got to ask you about Billy Price. He just seems like a big, strong guy that knocks. He was pancaking guys. And, <laughs> and what's what's wrong with him? It's like. Oh, you don't want Billy Price as your center. I mean, Nick Gates, I love him at center, but when he went to guard against the Redskins, he was getting pushed back in Daniel Jones' face. Nobody's pushing these guys back. Well, the, if, I, if, am I wrong, or is these, these two, was it Skura and Price, they just look like big, strong dudes in there. That are... <laughs> I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I think, uh, and I'm not you know, qualifying it by saying this, they played against one of the better defenses and one of the better defensive fronts. Uh, I think they were missing one of their better guys, though, uh, up front. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure which guy it was. But yeah, the guy opposite Jordan, I forget, yeah, the so, defensive end. Yeah, so, so they were missing one of their guys. But even with that that being said, the middle of the field, the middle of the line was, was intact. The, the edges were intact. Daniel had plenty of time. Paul just said no sacks, uh, only six hits on, on the quarterback. So – they probably have played the best. They may have played the best uh, offensive line play. Forget about three years, probably like ten years. That that was a, and that's not me being funny. That's that's just a no. really that's a really good clean game. No, no nobody fa- expected that. No nobody false starts. That. You know, amazing. Yeah, so that was a great game by them. And Rudolph did seem to block very well. And, and uh, well, that's always been part of his repertoire. Yeah, the Golden Dome. That that injury he had. Uh, I looked it up. I went to Cleveland Cl- Clinic website, and if you look at the recovery times for that, that's a serious injury. And they put a screw right through your, the entire length of your. It goes right from one side of your foot to, out into the other. And 
I, I figured he never would play this season. I, I said, nah, it's crazy. He's not going to play. He must be one tough dude, or I, I don't know how he did it. it it's just amazing <laughs> he got on the field. It, it's surprising, but, but, you know, when you learn to compensate for things when you're playing and, and, and the way you move your body and stuff, and it, it first you'll learn to compensate, then you start feeling better, and you, you get used to it, and all of a sudden you're right back at it, right where you left off. Howard, you have well, to really want to play, though, to be able to overcome an injury like that. you got to love the game. Yeah, you know? so exactly. I, I, I think that, that what's missed a, a lot of times, we you know, we talk about guys and contracts and winning and losing and everything. It's the love of the game that a lot of these guys have, and, and you get to see it in some of them. Mm-hmm. Well, kudos to the Giants medical staff because I think I, I was surprised. They, they signed off on it, and it turns out they were right. So, Indeed. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for the call. 201-939-4513 is our phone number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Um, Howard, your thoughts, if I can, as we go into this uh, game on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys, as to what the Giants need to do against Dallas to keep up with them. Some people think this is going to be a high-scoring affair and they're going to have to wing it and throw it a lot, and Daniel's going to have to throw for 400 yards again for the Giants to be competitive. On the other side, there's always that thought that when you're playing a high-powered offense, you want to grind it out, run the ball, run the clock, own the time of possession, and keep that other offense off the field. Which way would you go? I think that you got to score every time you have the ball. Whether it's field goals or touchdowns, hopefully touchdowns, you have to score. If you can run the ball, right, and it, and, and do it effectively, it, it, it you know, puts fire under the other team's offense. They they get desperate. They need to get something done because they know that once you get the ball back, you're just gonna you're gonna the clock's gonna run you'll be running away. And it forces them to have to make plays. You want to force the other team to have to make plays. If it's a shootout and Daniel throws for four hundred yards, I don't know how the game comes out. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't know how it comes out. I don't like shootouts. I mean, even an offensive player, I should like a lot of scores. I do not like shootouts. I mm-hmm. just don't. I like it when the defense plays well. I like when the defense is able to stop guys. I like when you like when time of possession means something, you know. And it's not time of possession doesn't mean anything in the league anymore because you can throw a forty-yard pass and score a touchdown, or a sixty-yard pass and score a touchdown over and over again. The guys are scoring in one play drives. Like so, it's like watching the Big Twelve sometimes. I like defense. I like I like to see. Tough defense. I like to see them low-scoring games. I like it to be – and I know that they've changed the rules to make it high-scoring. They have. Yeah, but I like defense, and I just do. And so if if it's anything that we see, if the Giants get in get a stop and get off the field, which is hard to do, then when the offense takes the field, they've got to grind it out. Now, with the Giants missing Blake Martinez now for the second week in a row, and again, we know he's not going to be back for the season, certainly – some components of that defense are changed. Let's let's not kid ourselves. This is a guy who made 140 plus tackles every year for like the last four or five years. Yeah. So, no matter who's in there, Tay Crowder, Reggie Ragland, even if they try Carter Coughlin there in there, mm-hmm. or if they just put another safety down in the box, whatever they do, it's not Blake Martinez. Can the Giants win a slower, grinded out kind of game where it's only going to be 21, 23 points wins? Can they do yeah. that? They definitely can. And, and you know, no offense to, to, to Blake or anybody else. When you're in the game, tackle. That's it. Like, go make the tackle. 
Everybody rallied to the ball. If Blake's not there, Blake's one guy, right? You know, I understand 155 tackles, but he's still just one guy. Go make tackles. Everybody rush to the ball. When the, when when if Zeke has the ball, he comes to the line. There should be eight bodies on him, just about. If the ball's thrown in the secondary, the first guy gets their hands on him. There should be two other guys right on top of him. Everybody has a rally to the ball, and that's how you make a better defense. Everybody runs to the ball. We used to say, if if you're not in on the tackle, you better be in the camera shot. That's how it was. Right. Like you have to get get involved, get close to the play. That's how you make things happen. You can't be reaching for the ball. Get him to the ground. That's your that's your objective. Catch, he's down. Handoff, he's down. Like to the ground every time. No stand up plays in, in football. Just go get him. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513 is our number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. We've got another 10 minutes or so with Howard Cross to talk Giants football. Howard, I remember many, many years ago, a scout and a coach told me that uh, it's all about alignment, assignment, and execution. Those are the three things you have to have on any given play. Mm-hmm. And I thought one thing to talk about with the absence of Martinez, I don't think the Giants, you know, they had missed tackles, yes, but that was guys not making tackles. It wasn't like the defense was all over the place leaving people wide open or leaving gaps in the D, which says to me that the alignment and the assignment was pretty good, even with Tay Crowder or Ragland having the helmet. Oh, yeah, I think that, you know, coaches got them going in the right direction. You got to make the tackles. Like, it's, it's like alignment and assignment is great. Execution is where, where, where they're missing, mm. you know. So you, but if you don't have alignment and assignment, then you've got real problems. Well, <laughs> yes, I'm going to say yes and no because you can have a player that could that can make plays regardless where he is on the field. Like in LT. Some, LT, yeah. You, you've seen players that like – Giants don't have an LT these days. But you've seen players that, that all of a sudden – the ball's being thrown, and, and like, how do he get to that spot to get to the ball? Right. Like, you know, or, or how, did, like, uh, are guys sacking the quarterback who aren't even supposed to be in the backfield at the time? Mm-hmm. You know, because like they see something that no one else saw and they go, go get the play. You can have some of those, but you got to make tackles. You just got to. You, you got, like, like I t- my son plays football night, plays nose tackle, and he asked me, how many plays should I make in a game? And I'm like, what? He's like, how many plays should I make in a game? And I'm like, every play is a play you make in the game. Do you understand that? He goes, right. like, what? Because in his mind, he only counts tackles. He's looking at stats. Ah. I said, so when you're being double teamed and the guy makes a tackle beside you, that's your play. That's good. You you did it. <laughs> that's a plus. He's like, <laughs> yeah, but see, they were double teaming me, and I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not how the game works. You don't get to make every tackle. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're, you're you're not even six years old. You should know this by now. This is not how <laughs> this always works. But you know, but the ideal that he wants to make every tackle is a great ideal. But I'm like every play is a good play. Does he know that Aaron Donald doesn't make every uh, tackle? He, he think oh he thinks Aaron Donald has played, makes every play. He, he has to. I'm like he he, co- he he covers he covers guys in the secondary. He's doing everything. No, Aaron Donald doesn't make. I said Aaron Donald makes probably three tackles a game. He goes like. No, he does. He makes more than that. I'm like, you should watch a game. And he just doesn't, you know, in his mind, I can do more. I'm like, okay, well, I like that attitude. And I, and I, you know, I foster it. I, I keep it going. But it's just hard. Like, like I said, I tell guys all the time, you got five plays in the game that are going to decide the outcome of the game, especially a close game. A missed field goal. Oh, my God, a missed field goal. Who in the world misses field goals? Think about it. 
we missed the field goal in this game. Yes. If we would have made it, there would not have been overtime. It was, what, a 35 or 38 yeah. yarder. He was wide left. Yeah. Graham Gano ended a streak of 37 in That's a row. Right. Team record. Yeah. Now, if he makes that field Ooh. goal, now I'm, I'm sure Sean and those guys play a different game on the other side of, of, of the field, but – that's the difference in overtime, that field goal. Aldrick Rosas <laughs> would probably say the same thing, though, for the 56-yarder or whatever yeah. it was that he missed, too. Absolutely. Anyway, back to the phones. <laughs> Jamal from Dallas, you're next on BBKL. Hello. Hey, what's going on, folks? How y'all doing? Nice very to good, talk to you. Good. All right, so I'm in enemy territory. You know, it's Dallas <laughs> Giants week. Giants Dallas week, so... Um, yeah, so I guess this week in the game, you know, listening to the Cowboys 105, the fan or whatever out here, and, you know, they're 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 making a laughing stock out of Jason Garrett because they already feel like they already know what plays he's going to call throughout the whole game. And I'm just praying and hoping that he has some, some uh, uh, extra game plan or another playbook <laughs> that the Cowboys are not, you know, on the radio they're already saying, well, first down we know he's going to do this. Now, second down we know he's – his go-to is that. And I'm just hoping he's a little bit more innovative and creative, kind of like we saw in the second half of last game or even the fourth quarter, really, and let Daniel Jones kind of show what he can do. Because I don't think we got – I don't think we can limit him or we should limit him like a um, like he's a Jameis Winston or a, a quarterback who you're worrying about um, being turnover prone. So um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, before Howard answers, I would only say this. Uh, the tape only shows one game where Jason Garrett has had John Ross in the lineup, and that turned out to be pretty good. Uh, they finally started to work Tony in more because of the injuries to Shepard and Slayton, and look how explosive he was and how creative the Giants were with him. So I don't know that there's a whole lot of tape on the tendencies of either Tony or Ross right now because they basically had their breaking outs in New Orleans. So I don't know how the Dallas folks can think they know everything the Giants are going to do. And also, by the way, Saquon Barkley, you know, he's yet to, like, have the full load, like, 25, 30 touches in a game yet. But he's getting there. And maybe this is the week. <laughs> right. I, here, here's what you have to think about. And the, the, the fans that are, that are calling in and, and having the, the great time with Jason, and we already know what he's going to do. Uh, that coaching staff is there. They weren't there <laughs> with, with Jason, so they don't know exactly what Jason's going to do or what plays he's going to call. So that, that's what they have to deal with. Now, they can go back and look at tape. They can look at all the archive tape they want, but it's just different players, and, and that's how it works. Well, well, Keller Moore was there. Keller Moore was his OC while he was the head coach at some point. So, I mean, there's still some people that were in the building that were there, but, you know, yeah, but, I just hope but, we but Keller to doesn't, Keller doesn't call the defense. So going to the defense, right? My boy, my frat brother, Jabril Peppers. You know, I was I was fighting for him to be on the field more, but man, he is. I mean, I'm sorry that he's hurt and he, you know his hamstring, but man, he is a liability for us and in coverage. <laughs> and, you know, I love his enthusiasm. I love it dearly, <laughs> but I'm trying to figure out who do we put in coverage because I feel like every time he's on in a position on one-on-one or he has to cover, they're attacking him. So who is the person that's going to step up and be him? Is it Love? Um, is it one of our other safeties back there? Um, is it um, Darnay Holmes or Nickelback? Well, Love, the next Love got a lot cover? more snaps last weekend after Peppers came out. 
So that might be a clue. But again, the Giants are very eager to use matchups. They're not married to using any guy in a certain role every week. They're matching guys up in different ways all the time. Yeah, I mean, and I think that, you know, Peppers is basically the wheel backer in a lot of cases when he's in the game. So he's, he's in unique places and trying to learn uh, to cover guys from a different spot on the field, uh, which is – you know, it, it's good and everything, but it, it's a unique and very new spot for him to be that close to the line and then you know swivel the hips and go and go you know change direction with the guy. So it, it's you got to be able to play a technique to, to cause the guy to run the bubble around you. If he doesn't run the bubble around you, he could run straight up the field. So now you're in chase position that way. It's it's just a new spot for him. Uh, so to so speak. then my next question. So then now we just you just hear that Jalen Jalen Smith was released. Is he an upgrade in the linebacker position core, maybe as a will, or is he someone trying to find a spot on our team? Well, Smith, Smith, Smith. When if the release is actually official and final, I don't know if that'll be done till four o'clock this afternoon. But Smith, oh, he's, he's gone. Well, <laughs> Smith, right? But what I'm saying is about Smith. This is a guy who had a lot of trouble in coverage. You know, since he right. hurt his knee at Notre Dame mm-hmm. and came to Dallas, they rehabbed him, they got him on the field, but he's been a liability because he doesn't have nearly as much range and athleticism as he had before the injury. No, that, that's true. And he, he also worked through this thing, they, the, the nerve damage in his leg, which caused what they call drop foot. Right. So he had to, they trained him and got him back, you know, where he's overly serviceable. And he, he did a great job. I thought, he, I thought he played well, and I was excited to see him uh, somebody come back from an injury that was that severe. Devastating and injury. Yeah, and he he did a good job. Why they released him now, I, I don't know. You know, is there, is there something that, you know, that he, is he coming off injury? Was it was it COVID-related? Was it whatever it is that, that he's out? Uh, now, would he be an upgrade at the linebacker position? Eh. If he fits into the coach's scheme, then yeah. If he didn't fit in the coach's scheme, then no. I mean, it, it, teams will be knocking down the door to get to him that need a linebacker. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Right. Thanks, Bruce. It, and then go ahead. And then One can more. Can we afford Gilmore? And then can we afford Gilmore? <laughs> so Gil, Gilmore, according to NFL Network, he's being traded to the Panthers. Oh, he's oh, he's going to the oh yeah. They lost J.C. Horn, so yeah, I can see that. Yep. Okay, appreciate it, fellas. All right, let's thanks for the call. Be, appreciate let's it. Be this week, baby. <laughs> Talk to you again. Taylor, we have time for one more. Is that Jamal on line one? Or is it Bruce on line two? That yeah. was just Jamal we talked to. Yeah, All right, Bruce let's go to Bruce. Bruce, you're the last one on BBKL today. Hello. West Virginia, Bruce. All right. How y'all doing? I'm Charlestown, West Virginia. Good talking to you guys. You too, today. sir. Look, man, I just, you know, I, I've been a Don fan for a long time. And, uh, you know, I think we have a great team. But until this last game, it just don't feel to me that the Giants players are playing with the urgency that they need to play with. I mean, like, you know, the game before with, you know, wide open guy in the end zone, it hits him right on the fingers. It's just, you know, it just needs to be more urgency to win. Well, Bruce, if I may, Howard, I'm going to, I'm going to cut in one here, one second here. I thought in the last nine minutes of that game in New Orleans, you saw a team that was angry that was ticked off, that had tremendous intensity and sense of purpose and basically drew a line in the sand and said, the buck stops here. We're not taking this anymore. We're not going to lose this game. We're going to win this game. And, and maybe, maybe it took them a month to finally get that gumption and the fire in their bellies, but I think they have it now. I think also like yeah. what we talked about was that, uh, you know, which is you know, going 
I don't know if it's been talked a lot about enough. Saquon makes the speech at halftime, and every every you know everybody's looking to him as the leader, uh, the the alpha male supposedly. And he put up. And he and he put up what he what he said and showed up, and you know the ball got in his hands, and he started making making a difference. Wasn't dancing on the edges anymore. He was running over dudes, right. and he was like. He's like, okay, if it's going to have to be, if it's going to be me, I'll do it. And he and he started doing it, uh, which also comes you know comes comes back with playing off of an injury, playing in the first game, then having a game on Thursday night, and then by the third game he started to play more, and then this last game he became the, the guy that we've been looking for the entire season. So yeah. they're going to have to you know hopefully they don't overuse him, <laughs> but. I, I, mean, he, he, I believe that we could have won every game we played this, this yeah, year so yeah, far. It, it we def- had the opportunity to win every game. Yeah, but every you can't game. have you can't have that attitude that though. Yeah, you can't I mean, have that. You can't have that attitude. You could have won. You, you, if you don't yeah. win, you didn't win. <laughs> in, in this league, it's very hard to come yeah. back after you give a couple of games away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's all I want to say. I'm just, I'm just happy to see him play with more urgency this past week, and you know, just you know, made me feel good as a Giants fan in an area where. You know, I'm surrounded by Washington fans, and I got to hear the <laughs> crap every week. You know, <laughs> I hear you. But it was—it was great to see. But it was—you know—I just hope they keep their urgency up and just play. Uh, you know, uh, again with that urgency that that I've seen this past week. Well, thanks so much for calling. Please call again. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Final thought, Howard, before we send it out of here. I just—I can't help but remember one of the mantras that Dave Gettleman gave when he got here and said, I don't want guys who love to win. I want guys who hate to lose. I think the Giants showed me that they hate to lose in New Orleans. Uh, And it may have taken a couple of punches to the face in September to make them feel that way. If they can show that kind of gumption in Dallas, they will give themselves a better chance to win. I I think that, you know, the the Saquon effect is really – is really going to take hold to the team because he when he challenged the group, evidently, they came out and responded. Now he's not going to let that go. He's going to keep going with that. He wants to be that guy. He's like he wants to be the big alpha here to, to get it done. He's going to have to put it up every week, and he's going to make other players want to put it up every week. And you got tough guys that that are out there that you know that are sideline right now. Sterling Shepard. He wants to be back on the field. You can see him. He was animated as everything as the game was going on. He's fired up. So you, you're getting guys that are fired up that want to get it done, and you now you need some of those guys on the defensive side of the ball to to show up to the stadium with that fire already lit. Uh, so you know everybody's got to do it. A I, I, I guy that's also fired up that no one really thinks about, Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. I think that's the funniest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Kind of got that like Opie look on his face sometimes. He's getting fired up out there, running over dudes. Won't you know? Running down when the guys make the play, he's the first one down there. Yeah, that that's a good thing. So you got the right guys uh, doing it offensively. Now we need some more guys on the defense he's side. He's got some Phil Sims in him. <laughs> he's got a little he really everything does. in him. Yeah. Howard Cross, always great to see you. Thanks for stopping by today. Thanks for having me, bro. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live. It's part of the Giants platforms of the podcast network. You're always able to get them everywhere on Giants.com and all of your podcast sites. For Howard Cross, I'm Paul Dottino. We'll see you next time.